everyone welcome to another episode of words of heart in today's episode we have the privilege of speaking with linda katz thank you for joining me today linda thank you so much for having me awesome so linda i know there is many facets to your incredible personality if you could share a bit about that with my audience that would be great yeah, so my, my name is Linda. I am a uh, wild feminine life coach, and I teach a movement and dance practice called Koya, which is founded on this idea that through movement, we remember that our essence is wise, wild, and free. And what draw, drew me to that practice was that for the last decade of my life, I've been on a bit of a quest to... Um, uncage or reclaim my own inner wildness, uh, which to me, when I define wild, what that means is like that kind of intrinsic, inherent part of who we are that hasn't been um, domesticated yet or hasn't been acculturated or, you know, that, that kind of really authentic essence. Um, and that journey started about a little over 10 years ago when I realized um, slowly that I had wandered really far from that wild, authentic place within me. And that a lot of the choices that I had been making had not been coming from that place and had also not um, served that kind of inner wildness. It was, um, they had really been made from, you know, what I was quote unquote supposed to be doing or um, what I thought other people needed me to be. Um, and so I remember there was a moment where I started to look around at my life and I was like, um, this doesn't feel like it belongs to me. Like I was in my late twenties and I was working in a job that wasn't really resonating with me in a relationship that had, you know, outlived its sell by date. Um, <laughs> and I was living in Los Angeles at the time. And it was a place that I, I wasn't really feeling connected to. Um, and so it was kind of a, a rude wake up call to begin to see all of the ways in which I had really kind of, like I said, wandered from what I felt was very true for me. You know, when I was younger, it all seemed really easy. You know, I was like 14. I was like, I will never work in a cubicle. Uh, but then lo and behold, <laughs> that's what happens. I was working in a cubicle in an office and, you know, having this, the, the, the life that I had imagined uh, when I was a child and when I was an early teenager, uh, my life at that moment looked so much different. And so um, I, for the next five years, I went on this journey to basically in in an effort to find this true part of myself and in an effort to find a more authentic life, I started to break out of all of those, what I call now kind of external cages, the things that I felt like were keeping me trapped, the things that were keeping me from being my true self. Wow. Um, I truly admire you for reclaiming your um, wild, so to speak. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say this. I do think um, 
material and possessions um we give it much more worth and value than we should instead of um focusing on what truly matters our soul our spirit our minds yeah um because that's what we truly should cherish and um and i'm a christian so i believe in this um those possessions aren't worth anything and they're temporary um what you nearly need to rely on is your spirit and your life and to use it for the greater good. Um, yeah, It's not about gold and plastic and, I mean, experience. You taking five years to um, find yourself in a way. So I truly yeah. admire you. And I think we should all um, have that same mentality and not focus on things that have no purpose and or value and just focus on what truly matters honestly yeah it's it and it's tricky because our culture really um rewards and puts like you said puts so much emphasis on certain uh material things and also just external benchmarks of success of you know by this age you're supposed to have this and then you're supposed to you know you're going to get married and you're going to get a house and you're going to have children and so it's we have this kind of lifeline that's been laid out for us. And, and sometimes our lives don't look like that. Um, and I think that in some ways, maybe we've lost the resiliency to, to go within and to listen, what is it that really wants to come through? What is it? What is my purpose? What? And a lot of times it's a winding journey. I mean, I wish I said, I wish I could tell you that at the end of that five years, you know, when I, at the end of that, I was living in a new place. I had uh, met my husband, had gotten married, had left my corporate job, was coaching full time. So on the outside, my life looked completely different. And in, in, again, in this way that I wanted it to feel authentic to me. And so you can imagine that there was a, a great sense of disappointment when I realized five years later that I still didn't quite feel that wildness that I so wanted, even though I had changed everything in my external life. And so the, the latter five years of that decade were spent kind of dismantling the inner cage, which were the things that I had brought with me that regardless of whether I was working in corporate or having my own coaching practice, regardless of whether I lived in you know, the city or the country, regardless of who my friends were or what my hobbies were, there were these facets within me that prevented me from really showing up as myself. And so I think that too is such a huge part of the journey as we take these big external risks and they are huge and important, but then there are also those little like they kind of seem little, but from within, they're even larger, those risks, those inner risks of revealing more of who we truly are. And what I realized, you know, the latter part of that journey of the 10 years, the second half was really devoted to understanding what within me had led me to make those decisions in the first place. What within me led me to taking the job that, you know, I didn't really resonate with? What led me to staying in the relationship that I knew wasn't necessarily healthy. Um, what was it that that was keeping me? Because those patterns were still showing up. 
And, you know, they were patterns of people pleasing. They were patterns of being really worried about what my life looked like to other people. Um, They were patterns of wondering still what I should be doing, like this really keeping myself very tightly in line um, with a voice that I had inherited that wasn't really my own. And so even though I was, you know, had my own business, there was still this voice that was like, you can't go to Barton Springs pool on a Tuesday, even if you have nothing to do, you need to be doing X, Y, Z. There was this kind of drivenness um, that was still holding me back from that wild place within that I was really longing for. And so I feel like there's, there's like these two phases and there's probably more that I haven't even embarked upon yet, but you know, like there's that external phase of shedding, breaking out of those external cages. And then there's that phase of noticing what is it within me, like that internal cage? How do we, how do we begin to work with that? How do we begin to soften up some of those areas within ourselves that have become calcified, um, that lead us to making kind of the same, even if they don't look the same on the outside, they kind of feel the same on the inside, like the decisions that are still coming from this place of needing external validation or um, wanting to play a role for somebody else versus allowing ourselves to really show up and to, to trust that that will be enough. Right. And considering um, this season we're in with the pandemic and many people, I mean, the world was pretty much on pause or has, I mean, slowly being put off of pause, but for a good majority of the year, because we've been going through this for a year now, yeah. um, had to put on, be put on pause because it really had no choice. And the world in itself really had to do a lot of evaluation, not, well, evaluation reflection um eternally and externally so to speak in regards to um cages how do you feel that has um played a factor um considering um your experience with cages and and reflection and discovering more into who you are um with everything going on right now do you feel people are have the luxury of doing that now that everything is kind of limited or what is your thoughts on that? I think to a certain extent, yes. Right. I think that we're, that was kind of how I saw last year was this like, obviously from there was the anxiety and the grief around the, you know, collective. And there was this kind of inner exhale of not having to, there were not very many external obligations that needed to be met, even if those were fun, you know, like even if there were the external obligation was getting dinner with a friend. Now that was impossible. And so it was um, it really was, I feel like, in a lot of ways, this invitation for reflection. And I think that there's there can be a lot of discomfort culturally for us with that because we're such an externally focused culture that to come in and have a year of basically forced self-reflection <laughs> and, um, you know, community reflection, it, it, was, it was tricky, I think, for, for a lot of people. And, and um, 
it really brings to the forefront some of those really big questions, you know, like what, what makes our lives meaningful? Like what, when all of the outside stuff is stripped away and, you know, we're not traveling, we're not going to see family, we're not going to see friends as much, you know, we, I think a lot of us had to wrestle with these deeper questions of what does it mean to living a meaningful life? And there was not as many distractions to prevent us from being with ourselves, which I think a lot of times in our culture, there are a lot of distractions. You know, we have so much, we have overworking and, you know, overscheduling and all of these ways in which we prevent ourselves from just being with who we are. Um, and so I feel like there was definitely an invitation there. And I feel like it was also very uncomfortable <laughs> for many. Um, <laughs> it was an uncomfortable invitation because it's, you know, I, we're just not, we're very linear as a society. And so there's, there's not a lot of pauses built in. There's not a lot of time for reflection. It's kind of a go, go, go. You know, if you look at the, the seasons of the year in, in wintertime, it's, you know, in nature, there's this pause. There is this kind of sacred pause where the growth stops for a time period. The leaves fall off the trees. The nourishment is pulled back into the roots. And I feel like there's real wisdom in that for us as human beings, but we kind of bypass that. We just push it aside and we're like, well, must be nice. I got to go to work. <laughs> you know, like, so much for rest. And so I think it's um, because of that, there was definitely an invitation for um, kind of coming into the more fallow time period where there's less productivity and there's less distraction um, which can bring a lot of things to the forefront and if we haven't been working with it if we haven't been comfortable with it it can be uh, kind of feel icky <laughs> for lack <laughs> of a more eloquent way of saying it <laughs> no yeah I, I completely get it and for me personally just give you a little insight and to me um, I don't many people want to hate 2020 I I, I I have no, I completely understand everyone's reasoning for wanting to hate 2020 in this year because it's definitely brought on a lot of unforeseen changes and it has brought much reflection as you um, put it as well. Um, for me, I can't hate 2020 <laughs> as much as I want to because actually I got diagnosed with diabetes at the start of the pandemic last year. Oh, wow. So um, as far as undergoing any type of changes for that particular year, I undergone quite a huge change simply by being diagnosed with diabetes. Yeah. But um, for myself, I, I saw it as a blessing, mm. um, not so much a curse. Many of my family had much, much difficulty dealing with this particular news, though it was really great that, hey, I'm not going to die yeah, I yeah. was on the brink of death um, before um, my diagnosis. So oh, it wow. really was a blessing and, yeah. and a testament in itself um, to God's love for me in regards to um, what I was going through. But yeah. I had so many health-related issues growing up. And to have to undergo anything in my 20s when it seemed like my life was pretty well-equipped and no more 
abruptness or health-related issues were going to be a hindrance for me. Yeah. To have to undergo this diagnosis was not an easy adjustment for my family whatsoever. But for yeah. me, I was just really fortunate and saw the as a blessing because, hey, I'm not going to die. Mm-hmm. I can still keep living my life. God wants my story to keep being written. Mm-hmm. And because, um, and this was, obviously the pandemic um, was and happening but the world at least for me in Florida wasn't put on shutdown yet um so because of my diagnosis and the inopportune time that just happened to be during the pandemic um or at the start of the pandemic I did have an opportunity for much reflection and to be able to adjust to this new drastic change in my life yeah which um I mean, even if the world hadn't been put on lockdown in Florida, which would been which would have been March in my case, yeah. um, if the world hadn't even been on lockdown, I still would have had the chance for reflection because my family agreed for me not to continue my um, schooling for that um, particular spring season. Mm-hmm. But the fact that everything was put on pause, like, yeah. um, I think it made my adjustment to being diabetic a lot go a lot more smoothly um as opposed to acclimating how I would handle it in such a busy world um yeah so um thank you for sharing that what a beautiful perspective like to um to work with this time and to see the gifts in it and how it offered you this time to really acclimate and to process and to be with and to learn to be in relationship with what life looks like now. Um, Like you said, without all of those kind of that busyness, which otherwise it's like, it's almost like we try to squeeze in these, these big life things that happen to all of us without missing a beat. You know, like there's still like the clock keeps ticking and all of our things kind of the band keeps marching on. And we're like, okay, here's this huge life event that I'm, I'm learning to be with. And most often, you know, whether it's that a family member passes away or whatever, a huge, all of the life events that we go through as human beings, there is kind of this quiet, whether inner or external expectation to just kind of, you take a, two days off and then you get right back to it. Um, so I love that just hearing your perspective on um, seeing the gift in allowing yourself to pause and to acclimate to what life is now for you. Absolutely. I mean, it was still overwhelming. That's a given, but I, the fact that the world was put on pause, I feel, as I mentioned a few seconds ago, I feel definitely made a difference and to help me acclimate, um, or just to this um, new um, phase of my life, which is pretty much my whole life as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. On to my icebreaker question, since this has been such a fun conversation. Um, So I feel like you might be able to appreciate this. Um, If you could have any superpower that's not flying or teleporting or <laughs> levitating your body. Um, many people opt for picking teleporting when I say they can't pick flying, but it's the exact same thing. And now I'm thinking, okay, so she said I can't teleport, but what if I levitate on over to Starbucks? Yeah, that doesn't count either. So if you could have any superpower that's not flying, 
teleporting mm. or levitating your body to Starbucks, what mm. would it be? It's a great question because flying would have been, of course, my first answer. I love, I would love to be able to fly. Um, so the second thing that popped up for me was the ability to like hold my breath underwater so that I could, you know, swim in the depths of the sea and see all of, you know, like basically scuba diving, but without all of the equipment. Uh, and there are people who can hold their breath for like 15 minutes or something, which is completely wild to me. I can hold my breath for like 20 seconds and I'm like, oh, need air. Um, so that's not in my cards. Um, so I feel like that would be really cool. Like I would love to be able to, you know, like dive into the ocean and like swim around with the fish and like swim with the dolphins without having to worry about like having equipment or having to breathe air like almost like being a mermaid that's what I want apparently (laughs) (laughs) I was like wait a minute I feel like I'm describing something specific I want to be a mermaid (laughs) that's completely fine I completely understand that um I I might be making fun of myself a little bit now but um there's obviously that song in a little more made called she wants to be you know part of the world of the humans yeah I'm like nah girl i'm gonna be part of your world with the fishes and the yes. coral and the dancing crab parties and stuff like i want to be part of her world so i always like reverse it in my mind sometimes when i was little like no i want to be part of your world with the <laughs> ocean <laughs> so um Yes, exactly that. That's how I felt. The Little Mermaid was always my favorite Disney movie growing up. And I would always <laughs> pretend to be the Little Mermaid when I would like swim in the pool or whatever. So I'm like, I feel like it still speaks to that part of me where I'm like, yeah, no, like life on land is it's like that, you know, like the, the crab song where he's like, darling, it's better down where it's wetter than under the sea. Song. I'm like, that song. Yes, he knows. He knows. That's where it's yes. at. <laughs> Um, my power, although it, it it's not as cool as yours, just to roam like a mermaid. Um, but <laughs> I feel like it could be a power. Um, in the future, um, would be the power for this podcast to be heard across other galaxies that have yet to be discovered. Oh, I like that. Very like cool. it's not even on NASA's radar yet, and let and yet they're tuning into this podcast right now. You know what? I'll go even a step further. They're probably listening to it in the ocean with the crabs and the fishes. And um, I remember that fish, that fish psychic's name. Um, Wait, the uh, fish psychic? There was a little blue, there was like a fish and it was Ariel's best friend. I don't remember his name. He's probably listening to it right now. Flounder. 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 I was like, Nemo's? No, wrong movie. Wrong movie, Linda. Wrong fish. (laughs) Well, Nemo's part of listening to it, too. (laughs) Well, we can keep talking about fishes and outer space and all the interesting creatures that could be listening to this podcast right now. But unfortunately for us humans here on land, we are at the end of this awesome conversation, unfortunately. Do you have any social plugins for um, my audience in the ocean, in space, wherever? (laughs) (laughs) For those who may want to get in contact with you before we wrap up here. Yeah, the best way to reach me is through my website, which is singingbirdcoaching.com. I also do have an Instagram at singingbirdcoaching and a Facebook, but I've been taking a little social media hiatus. So the best way is to jump on my website and sign up for my newsletter. And I offer free 
workshops throughout the year. I do online Koya classes in addition to one-on-one coaching and group programs. So yeah, all of that can be found on the site at singingbirdcoaching.com. Awesome. Thank you for joining me today, Linda. This was an awesome, awesome conversation. And I'm pretty sure it's going to resonate with so many. Thank you so much. I so appreciate you having me as my as your guest. Awesome. To all my listeners, stay healthy, stay safe, speak your truth, be wild. Don't go with the typical norms of society. Um, shoot, be a mermaid, whatever you feel comfortable <laughs> doing. Um, but either way, stay healthy, stay safe. And until next time. Hello, everyone. It is your heart warrior, Dion here. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Words of Heart. If you liked this episode and would like to leave a rating slash review, please do not hesitate to do so. You can leave the review slash rating on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. In addition, if you would like to let me know right away your thoughts on this episode, you are also welcome to leave a voice message right here on the Anchor app. I hope you enjoyed this episode and have a wonderful day.